Hey, my name is Jason, and you're listening to the Embrace Church Podcast. God is doing some incredible things at each one of our locations in South Dakota and Minnesota. To learn more about Embrace and maybe plan your visit, head on over to imembrace.com. We hope today's message brings you hope, inspires you, and encourages you in your walk with God. Let's dive in to today's message. Well, a few months back, I had a pastor from out of town, he was actually from out of state, reach out to me and ask if we could grab coffee and spend some time together. So I said, sure. We set our calendars. We picked a coffee shop in downtown Sioux Falls. We went inside that day, grabbed our coffee, came back outside the coffee shop, found a table and two chairs, and we sat down. And no kidding, it seemed like the moment we sat down... Almost every single person who walked by us knew my name. Now, this doesn't happen all the time. It's like all six of my friends showed up. I don't know if my mom was feeling bad for me. And if I've ever told you before, my mom loves me so much. And so we get there, we sit down, though, and literally person after person after person is walking by. And all of them are saying, hey, Adam, hey, it's my pastor. Hey, I go to your church. Hey, Adam, how are you doing? Person after person after person. A guy named Ryan walks by, and Ryan is one of the coolest people ever, by the way. He's got the sweetest hair. He walks by, hits me on the shoulder. Hey, Adam, how's it going? A little while later, this amazing person named Sarah walks by. Sarah's really kind. She didn't want to interrupt us, and yet she still wanted to say hello. So she kind of gently just waved and said hello. A little while later, a guy named Chad is on the other side of the street. No kidding. He starts waving. He's like, hey, Adam, how are you doing? Adam, what is going on? No joke. Even our mayor walks by. Our mayor and his wife are going into the same coffee shop that we're at. So he kind of hits me on the shoulder. He walks on by, goes in the coffee shop. Now, let's just be honest. We don't have a lot of famous people here in South Dakota. And so our mayor is a pretty big deal. Okay. Not to mention he is perfect. His, his hair's perfect. He's got chiseled abs of steel that are perfect. He runs Iron Man's for fun and he could be a model if he quits his day job. Okay. Like when he comes, he comes on the TV. I don't like my wife to watch. It's like, why would you compare me to a Greek god of some kind, okay? And so, so that's our mayor, you know? And so, no kidding. So we're sitting down. I'm talking with this pastor. As, as we're doing so, he finally, just a little while into it, he finally just cuts me off, and he just says, everyone knows you. Like, mid-sentence, everybody knows you. And everyone knows your name, and everyone knows who you are. It's, it's amazing. Now, let's just say it. There was a time in my life that I would have loved moments like this. Again, this doesn't happen all the time. Even more honestly, there was a time in my life that I would have lived for moments like this. A time when I wanted all the somebodies to know who I was and for me to know them. But, but what I said back to him, I said, yeah, it's, it's pretty awesome that they know my names. There's some wonderful people, Chad and, and Sarah and Ryan and our mayor, that was actually our mayor, Paul. I think he's required by law to like shake hands and kiss babies or something. <laughs> but I said, do you want to know the person that I'm trying to get to know the name of the most? Like, do you want to know the person that I most want to know my name and for me to know his name? I said, that guy over there. And I, I pointed across the street and I said, that guy over there, his name's Anthony. Again, folks, I'm a work in progress, so don't be impressed. But I said, that's Anthony. And earlier this morning, I met Anthony. You see, Anthony's a homeless man. And Anthony struggles with addiction, I'm guessing alcohol and some drugs. 
It also seems like Anthony struggles with mental health. Anthony told me a little bit about his story and his past and his upbringing, his parents, and just how hard it was. And I said, Anthony's the person that everyone wants to avoid. I literally sat after meeting Anthony. I sat across the street and watched him. Every person that saw Anthony quickly looked at their phones. They saw Anthony quickly like looked away or engaged in a conversation like kind of off the cuff or they, they even physically moved to the other side of the sidewalk because they didn't want to address and talk with and interact with Anthony. I said, I'm so grateful that all these other people know my names, but his is the name that I want to know the most. I want to know his name and his story. And he shared a little bit with me this morning, but I want to know more of his story. And why do I want to know his name? Because Anthony is the name that Jesus would be most interested in himself. That's the name Jesus would want to know. Sure, he'd be super excited about meeting Paul and Sarah and Chad and Ryan. He'd he'd be delighted to meet them. But the VIP in Jesus' eyes, that man over there, Anthony. I want to know his name and his story. Now, that day, we were not sitting at this desk here, but a couple of years ago, I did buy this desk online. It's amazing what you can find online, by the way. It's fantastic. I bought this desk. I found two chairs. I got a sign. Need to talk, grab a seat. I got a picture of my wife from when we first started dating. I got a plant, and I put it all in my trunk of my car. And what did I do with it when I got in the trunk of my car? I did nothing. Nothing with it. Drove around with this thing clunking all around. Every bump I heard, I could feel it in the back seat of my car, in my trunk. Didn't do a single thing with it for a year. Felt convicted weekly to do something with it, to sit on a street corner with it for a year. Did not do it. Why? Because who sits on a street corner with a makeshift desk and office? I just started feeling led. I found this online because I was just like, I just felt like I was supposed to set it up, put it on a street corner, and just offer to listen to people. But I did not want to do that. Who does that, right? That might sound kind of cool and something that Jesus would do. I would argue it's also really bizarre and strange and a little concerning, okay? But about a year or so in, there was one week I couldn't deny that I was feeling convicted. Just like, go set it up, go set it up, go set it up. So I finally said, all right, God. All right, I'll do it. There's two corners I'm thinking, two corners that I think would be great to work, which sounds really shady and interesting. There's two corners. If there's a parking spot by either of those corners, I'll get out. I'll do it. But I need a parking spot because I need a place to park my car so I can get my stuff out of my trunk. I'll do it. Two specific corners. So I get to the first corner. There's not a parking spot in sight. I'm like, God, you do answer prayer. Thank you, God. I get to the second corner, and I can tell from a little ways away there's not a single parking spot open. I'm thrilled, right? Just as I'm about to drive by it, though, a guy immediately puts his reverse lights on, kicks it out, and pulls out. Everything in me wanted to start shouting, stop being so nice. You know, like, don't give me a parking spot. What are you doing? Keep the spot. In the moment, though, I knew I had no, like, nothing to say back to God, so I pull in, pull in get my stuff out of my trunk. I set it up as quickly as I can. And I sit down. I sit down and all I start telling myself, no kidding, after this pep rally I gave myself in the car, I'm like, just keep your head down and maybe no one will notice the fact that you're sitting on a, on a desk on a, at a street corner in one of the busiest street corners in, in Sioux Falls. And I, I, I get there and I'm just positive that no one in their right mind is going to sit down, right? Like who would ever do such a thing? Well, guess what? I was so wrong. 
That was so wrong. You see, about five minutes in, a guy sat down so quickly, he scared me. And uh, I look up and I see a sharp-looking businessman, most likely in his mid-50s, wearing a suit that cost more than the car I just parked up right nearby me. He sits down and he says, so I just sit down? And I said, yep, you just sit down. And he said, what are we going to talk about? And I said, actually, whatever you want to talk about. And then I asked. And then I asked his name and he said, my name's Jerry. And Jerry quickly told me that his life is so good lately he's been struggling with anxiety. And then Jerry began to tell me about his job. You see, Jerry's a scientist, a really good scientist, evidently. For the next 10 minutes, he began to tell me all about his achievements, all about his experiments that he had done, all, all his different recognitions that he's received over the years. He just told me thing after thing after thing. Just to be honest with you, I didn't recognize or understand half the words he was saying. I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. He got done about 10 minutes later, and I, I said, wow. Genuinely, I said that. That's amazing. Thanks for sharing that with me. And then I said, it's none of my business, but just for a second, you mentioned you've been struggling with anxiety. Would you want to tell me about that? And he quickly shifted, surprised that I asked him about it, and he said, I, I don't understand what's wrong with me, but lately I've been having panic attacks. And he started sobbing. Again, this sharp, business-looking guy, so clean-cut started sobbing. He apologized to me for crying. I said, you don't need to be sorry. He said, I'm really embarrassed, though. I'm really embarrassed. I don't know what's wrong with me. And I said, you don't need to be embarrassed. I've, uh, I've struggled with anxiety a time or two myself. You don't need to be embarrassed. He said, I just don't know what's wrong. He said, that's actually why I'm in town. I'm staying at my adult son's house because he's scared about me, too. So I just listened to him, and we sat in silence after he kind of collected himself, I encouraged him to talk with a counselor if he hadn't. I encouraged him to go see a family physician if he hadn't done that as well. And then I also said, I have no idea where you're at. I can take this with a grain of salt. But have you ever thought about inviting God into this situation? He said, he said, you think God would want to be a part of this mess? It immediately began to sob, and I said, Actually, I, I know, I don't think, I, I know, even in our, our darkest moments, God, he wants to be a part of it. Even our lowest moments, he wants to be there. Again, when I first sat down, I thought no one in their right mind would ever sit down. I was positive. I Like, who would ever do such a crazy thing? And yet I was so wrong. And over the last two years, I've had person after person after person after person sit down in the chair across from me and pour out their soul to a complete stranger. Pour out their heart, their worries, their cares, their, their grief. A random fun fact, you can't imagine all the free stuff I've offered, been offered as well. The amount of coffee drinks I've been given. I was given a full thing of pizza one time. I'm like, I'm not even sure what to do this. So I texted Becky and she came and got half of it. No kidding. All the money that I've been offered, I didn't accept a penny of it. I thought Jesus would not want me to do that. So we just didn't do that. But when people sat down, the first thing I simply asked them, I just said, what's your name? What's your name? You see, love starts with a name. It starts with a name. There's something powerful about knowing a person's name. 
When a person knows and remembers your name, it makes you feel seen. It makes you feel noticed. It gives you worth. When someone knows and remembers your name, all of a sudden you feel valued. A name, it represents a person's story, who they are, their good and bad, their successes and their failures, their, their background, their occupation, who their parents are, or maybe who their parents were. A person's name and their story, it matters. And get this, Jesus knows the names of everyone. He knows the names of everyone. One of my favorite stories, Jesus was walking into the city of Jericho. When we're told that he crossed paths with a man who collected taxes for a living, a man who, who stole money, overcharged and overtaxed other people, uh, in most cases, in a lot of cases, actually, overtaxed and overcharged their own family. And as a result, to put it nicely, tax collectors were not popular. More accurate, they were hated. And we're told that this man, he wasn't just a tax collector, but he's actually the chief tax collector. And so he's not well-liked, but he has money. And somehow he knew about Jesus coming to Jericho that day, and the man wanted to see him. He wanted to see Jesus, but there was a problem. The man was really, really short, really short. So short that some of you maybe even grew up singing about how short he was in, the, in the Sunday school. He was a wee little man, is what you'd sing, right? And so he was short, but he had an idea. Couldn't see over the crowds, but he had an idea. And we're told that he does this. The man, he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see Jesus. Problem solved, right? Now he can see Jesus when he comes into town. And Jesus, he walks into town, and he comes up to the tree that this man is in, looks up at the weirdo, and what does he say? Jesus says this. He says, Zacchaeus. He says his name. Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. Don't miss this. Jesus knows his name. What? He knows his name? Zacchaeus. Why? Why would he know his name? Like, how could he possibly know the name of a guy like Zacchaeus? Now, I'm just guessing there are many times in Zacchaeus' life when he did not want a person to know his name. Many times that he was thankful someone didn't know his name. Most likely the people that he had stolen money from, he didn't want them to know his name. But in this moment, Zacchaeus is over the moon. He's excited. He's thrilled. The crowd, on the other hand, would have been ticked. We're told they're grumbled and, and mumbled about it. Not about him, but about Jesus knowing his name. You know the name of the jerk who's been stealing money from us? You know the name of little shorty? <laughs> little shorty? You know his name? The little guy? The little guy who's stealing money from everybody else? You know his name? Are you kidding me? Shorty. Him? You know his name? That's great. Right? Just to say it, if Jesus knows the name of a guy like Zacchaeus, I'm guessing he knows the names of the people in our lives as well. Just to be more direct, Jesus, he knows the name of our ex. Jesus, he knows the names of the people who have wronged and hurt us. Jesus knows the name of a coworker of ours that has political views that we can't believe they graduated eighth grade with. It's like, you're so ignorant. Like, that's what you actually think. Think for yourself. Jesus knows the names of our kind neighbor and also our neighbor that's kind of strange. He knows the name of our spouse that we've fallen out of love with. He knows the name of the know-it-all on Twitter, of the spam caller, 
He knows the names of the strangers that we cross paths with. Jesus knows their names. Do we? Do we even want to? When we put names with faces, they're no longer just faces in a crowd. We make them human in our eyes. They become human to us. Again, knowing a person's names gives them value. And get this, their lives have the same value as ours, and that's hard to believe with some people, isn't it? It's hard to believe that their name and their their story and, and who they are has the same value as ours. In the world, it might say otherwise, and the, and, the, and the crowds might shout something different, but Jesus knows the name of a man named Zacchaeus. The crowd called him sinner, outcast, tax collector. Jesus used his name. The crowds wanted to label him. Jesus called him Zacchaeus. Again, love, it starts, it starts with a name. Going back to my desk a week after I met Jerry, I found myself out working another street corner. And uh, once again, I parked my car. I forced myself after a pep rally. I forced myself out of the car. I set my desk up and I sat down. And literally within seconds this time of sitting down, there was a woman who sat down. And she sat down so fast, she scared the crap out of me. Scared the crap. I had just gotten my laptop out to work, and she sat down. And as she sat down, something I'll never forget, she said, I normally don't do this. And I said, I, Well, you're in luck. I normally don't do this either. No, I just started last week. It's a new hobby of mine. <laughs> she said, uh, Honestly, it's been a crap storm of a day, is what she told me. Uh, she actually didn't say crap. She used a different four letter word. It starts with an S. Not a big deal, right? And I said, Really? I said, I've been through a crap storm before myself. I used a different four-letter word. Starts with an S. No big deal. Looked across though, and there was this beautiful thirty-something-year-old woman sitting across from me, sharp professional gal, and I could tell she just seemed like a tough cookie, not somebody who's really quick to share her emotions. She said, "I walked past you. I got to my car again on this horrible day. I sat in my car crying, and I wondered what are the chances." That on one of the worst days of my life, there's a random guy out on the sidewalk with a sign that says, need to talk, grab a seat. So she said, I got my butt out of my car, didn't use butt, got my butt out of my car, and that's why I'm sitting here. I said, there's no pressure to say anything, but would you want to tell me about the storm? She said, just a little about an hour ago, I just got the phone call, my dad is dying. He's been battling cancer for a couple of months. We just found out there's nothing more the doctors can do. She said, he's scared. My little brother, who's a senior in high school, he's scared. And I'm scared as well. And then she just began to sob. And what did I do? I just listened and cried with her. And then I listened some more. And then I asked if I could pray for her. She said, that'd be such a great gift. And meeting Jessica, that's the girl's name, it reminded me that you just never know what a person's going through. Jessica, she just reminded me that you just never know what a phone call a person got just moments before. You just never know. You just never know what battle they're fighting what heartache they're grieving, the loss of 
of a parent of some kind. You just never know the trials that they're trudging through. And I'm so glad that I just happened to be there, just kind of by chance, by coincidence. And that seems to happen a lot with God, doesn't it? Just by chance, just by coincidence, just by chance, the city of Jericho, this man named Zacchaeus, Jesus walks by. I'm just love chance. As I walk to my, my car and about an hour or so later, all I could think is Jessica is why I sat at my desk that day. And, and Jerry's the reason I bought that random thing on, online, that desk. And it's why on this particular day that I sat at this desk on this sidewalk in this moment. And this is what's possible when we get to know a person's name. Now, this is cute and nice, isn't it? It's kind of cute and nice. I'll say it for you, though. But you're a pastor. <laughs> it's so cute and nice. You're a pastor. Like, that's what pastors do. No, actually, they don't, actually. Like, I didn't see anybody, not even another pastor, sitting up on a street corner, though. That's just what a pastor does. Here's one fun fact, though. Every person who sat down and poured out their hearts to me, not a single one of them knew I was a pastor. Instead, what did they see me as? They didn't see me as a pastor. Instead, they saw me as what? Available. Available. And then I just asked their name. Then I just listened to them share their story. The simplest way to love another human being, it's really, really simple. Know their name. You want to love somebody? Know their name and get to know the name of the person and the story behind that name. Know their name. Want to be used by God? Know their name. Want to help change someone's life? Know their name. Want to be used to make a difference? Know their name. Why want to try and change the world? I know I still do. Know their name. And lots of us, we, 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 we want to be used, don't we? We want to make a difference and change the world. And yet so often, myself included, we don't know their name want to be used, want to make a difference, but we just don't know the name. The person right beside us, the person we cross paths with on a regular basis, our neighbor, we just don't know their name. More than that, we don't know their story. And so this is a challenge for all of us today. Sometime in the next six hours, not, not in the next 24 hours, the next day, because then we get home and everything, in the next six hours, get to know the name of one person. Know and remember their name. I know for some of us, this will be really, really easy. We love when salespeople stop by our house so we can talk to them. Or a politician, like, stopped by my house this weekend. I was out front before she even rang our doorbell. For others of us, this is going to be really, really hard. Again, for me, it took over a year to go sit on a sidewalk. I actually don't think you should sit on a sidewalk unless God tells you to do so. And so I know it's not easy. But when I look back at the last two years, there was a similar pattern that I had in conversations. I didn't mean to. I didn't even think about it until actually the last couple of weeks. There was a similar pattern. I'd sit down, and I'd get to know their name, and then I'd ask about their story, and then I'd pray for them. That's all it was. Get to know their name, ask their story, pray for them. So again, in the next six hours, that's the simple challenge for all of you at all of our campuses, network churches, anyone listening on, on YouTube, on Facebook, online, wherever you are, Today, in the next six hours, get to know someone's name and then ask about their story. Just ask about their story. Ask about where they come from. Ask about their job. Not just what do you do, but why did you do that job? Ask about their parents. Just ask about their story. And then lastly, pray for them. Super simple. Just pray for them. 
A lot of the times I prayed with the person. You don't have to even do that. Silently pray for them as they're sharing. As you're walking back to your car, pray for them there. Once you get to your car, just take a moment and pray for them. If there's something you feel led to do after that, after you pray for them and hear their story, awesome. But again, the day's challenge is really, really simple. Know their name, ask about their story, and pray for them. You see, as humans, oftentimes the only time we want to get to know someone's name is when we have something we can get from them. Oftentimes the only time we want to get to know someone's name is when we think they matter or they have value or they can hook us up or they're cute or whatever it might be. Jesus, though, he constantly changed things up and he said the least are actually the greatest and the greatest are actually the least. And Jesus would challenge us and, and tell us, get to know the name of the person who is nameless to everyone else. That person's name. Know their name. Ask about their story. Pray for that person. Love starts with a name. Let's pray. Gracious Father, Heavenly King, we come before you thankful for who you are. Lord, we love you so much. We give thanks to you. We're so grateful that you know the names of, of, of a man like Zacchaeus, and know, you know the names of the people in our lives, and also, God, you know our name as well. Sometimes we're, we're the people in the crowd, and other times we're Zacchaeus himself. God, today we are so thankful that you know our name, you know our story, you know our good, bad, and ugly, you know, you know our just everything, God, our mistakes, our blunders, our screw-ups, our celebrations, our desires, our goals, our passions. You know it all, God. And because of that, you challenge us to love the people in our lives. You challenge us to get to know the names of somebody else so that we can be a representation of Jesus to that person. And so, God, would you just help us in the next six hours to cross paths with someone that we can get to know their name, that we can ask about their story, that we can pray for. Lord, we love you. We thank you. We pray all these things in the name of Jesus. All God's people said, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. If this message moved you in any way, be sure to subscribe to the podcast to never miss your dose of encouragement. You can also follow us on social media with the handle at I am Embrace. Again, we are thrilled you took the time to join us today. And if you live anywhere near one of our locations in South Dakota and Minnesota, we would love to have you join us in person. You can find out more and start a conversation at IamEmbrace.com. Thanks again for listening and have a great week.